The vine's hands over me. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bosses only hang with bosses. Bosses never take a loss. Boss never is a Boss steady doing numbers. They say my back against the wall, but I'm ten toes deep, and I'm still standing tall. Get their weight up. Never gonna take a loss. Blessed day to be a boss. Oh, oh. They say we back in the building with another one up. Man. <laughs> Ooh, this is not a good day for you, sir. This is not a good day for you. Sunset, sun eclipse, sun's bruised. <laughs> Yo, y'all got rinsed, rinsed. <laughs> hey, man, this doesn't do me any justice. Like, I wanted to come up here and hype up CP3, but instead the tray is down right now. Like, we down. Bad. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the I'm Ali Podcast. <laughs> I am Justin. <laughs> I'm Deshaun. And as always, we're here to give you the latest sports takes, debates, updates, and the news, news, news. <laughs> My bad, man. I just thought Jeezy should have a say in this. <laughs> How's your weekend? You know, I've had better weekends. Fair, fair. Care to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Look, we suck, okay? We, we, we were terrible. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> they were absolutely horrible. Yeah, I didn't see this coming at all. Oh my god, it I didn't was see this so coming at all. Bad. What went wrong? What everything. Went, what, <laughs> I just like no. That. Seriously. Okay, what went right? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Now what went wrong? Everything. Yeah. But like, as we actually dive into this, Luca had the same amount of points as the Suns did in the first half. As in, they had 27 total first half points, and Luka Doncic had 27 total first half points. What? happened y'all came out lethargic lack of energy and i just feel like from the tip it was over it was bad and it was only luca and dinwiddie in the first half nobody else had over four what happened look i don't have those answers i wish i knew but here's what i'm gonna tell you there's no way in a game seven you let spencer dinwiddie have 30 points there's no way in a game seven that you let jalen brunson have 25 points and your two stars your best players have 10 points and 11 points yep that is embarrassing it was uh I, i'm not gonna lie like i've never seen a team come out at home in somewhere like the valley in a game seven and literally fall flat on their face and i mean this team at halftime just looked like the life was taken from them first quarter taken from them like i've never seen a team look so rattled so shook searching for answers and like devin booker said it was just a good old-fashioned butt kicking they were down by 14 in the first quarter I was 14 say, i thought you were gonna say 40 i was like yeah they were down they 40 were down 40 <laughs> they were <laughs> down 40 <laughs> they were down 40 at one point yeah. this is true this is a tough situation. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't even say, you know, what happened anymore because clearly the Suns just showed no effort. Yeah. No heart, no will. Yeah. They had no fight in them. I thought in the third quarter they would come out, you know, at least try to maybe cut into the league, get it down to maybe like 18 mm-hmm. if possible. Yeah. 
No, lead grew. Yeah. Lead grew. It got worse. Luca actually stole the heart of the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul, no excuses. Devin Booker, no excuses. Nope. None of them. Nope. No excuses. None. You they can't say anything. They can't say any excuse they want to throw out there. They cannot use it right now. To come out in a game seven, a game that you literally needed to go to the Western Conference Finals again. And you just didn't show up. This is the, the biggest be- stage. This is the best team in the regular season. I think y'all had second place Grizzlies by eight games in the regular season. Yeah. Eleven games to first place Miami. Over sixty wins. And this is what happens. No words really. Just just disrespectful. Like disrespectful to all the Suns fans. Disrespectful to me. Disrespectful to you. <laughs> I'm not a Suns fan. I'm just a CB3 guy. And I love book. Off season. Who's gone? Who needs to leave? All right. So the Suns, if I had to to say a positive about the Suns right now, which is really hard to say, I would say the Suns are still in a great position because their core is very, very young. Their core of a Devin Booker, a DeAndre Aiden, who could get a sign and trade to bring another star to Phoenix. You got Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, that you're you're probably going to have to extend this summer. Um, and then you got, you know, a lesser degree, Landry Shaman. But this is a situation where Chris Paul needs to be gone. He's not reliable. This is now two straight years where he hasn't put, you know, in the, in the, in a game like this, the biggest games of the season, he has not produced. I will also say James Jones, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Because you knew last year that you needed another score along Devin Booker. This is the second straight year that you knew you needed a score beside Devin Booker. Nobody else is scoring points in the postseason. Look at look at the Suns score, score a depth chart throughout this entire playoffs. Who, who is it? It's either Devin Booker way up here and then everybody else down here, or it's Devin Booker, CP3, you know DeAndre Ayton, Mikael. Like it's something like that. They need another bona fide score, somebody that can put the ball in the rim. And they need another wing. They need another wing defender, another 3 and D Mikael Bridges type of player that can, can take the pressure off of Mikael Bridges sometimes because he's the only one that's defending the best player every night. He, he can, you know, he needs a break here and then. I don't want to see Jay Crowder back on this team. He has to go. Jay Crowder has to go. And look. DeAndre Aiden, I know he's, you know, 23, 24-year-old center. I know what the Suns thought they were getting when they drafted DeAndre Aiden. I was a Luka Doncic guy that year. I wanted Luka Doncic with the Suns with a Devin Booker. They went with the, you know, with the center. This is going to be a very interesting franchise changing move because all the options are on the table right now for DeAndre Aiden. You can either A, offer him the max, which they're not going to do. You can allow him to explore his market, see what teams offer for him, and match the offer and bring him back. Or sign and trade. And I think the, the third one is probably the likely option where you're doing the sign and trade. DeAndre right. Aiden played a total of 17 minutes in Game 7 he on got Sunday. Bench. Because he's, he can't, like, he wasn't punishing smaller defenders. He wasn't dominating in the paint when it's just one defender on him. And when the Mavericks spread him out, 
he was getting cooked because of corner threes. He yep. had nowhere to play. Yep. And this is a situation where the Suns, they have a lot of pending moves, right? Like, like I said, the CP3 thing, like CP3's contract is very manageable because like I told you, we talked about this when he got an extension. It's a football contract. It's not fully guaranteed. So it's partially guaranteed. You can do a lot of stuff to that contract. Jay Crowder, I believe he's an unrestricted free agent. Let him go. He, he, he look, it's time to go. <laughs> he can walk. Yeah, he, he can go. I would strongly suggest the Suns try to match some contracts. You have the campaigns, the Landry Shamans, guys like that that can fill bench roles on contending teams or team young teams that just need bench players to come off the bench and give them something. You have options. You have several options to turn your team into just a better product, right? You have the Chris Paul contract that I think you can move very affordably. And you have the DeAndre Ayton dangling, uh, you know, asset. And there's a lot of teams that want DeAndre Ayton right now. And I can tell you four off the bat that we know for sure that have interest, the San Antonio Spurs, the Sacramento Kings, the Pacers, like there's teams like that, New York Knicks. Like there's several teams that have interest in DeAndre Ayton. And if I am the Phoenix Suns, I would decide to start getting on the phones right now because a, the NBA draft is coming up the, you know, draft lottery is tonight, obviously. So we're going to know who the slots are. I would talk to a team like Portland to see if you can get Dane. I would talk to uh, a team like Atlanta because they're trying to get, you know, a little bit younger and somebody to be with Trey young. I would talk to a lot of different, I would talk to the Knicks. Like, even if you're not getting back a superstar from the Knicks, they have several picks. I would talk to the Pacers because what if you can get a couple really, really talented wings or shooters from the Pacers? And, and I don't, I don't think I brought this up on the show, but at the trade deadline, DeAndre Ayman almost got dealt and he almost got dealt with for the Pacers for uh Sabonis. And Sabonis would have obviously came to Phoenix, but I think that another player would also would have came to Phoenix. Um, and this is a situation where you have options. You have several options if you're James Jones in the front office. And you need to do what you have to do to build the team around one Devin Booker and one Mikael Bridges. Those are the only two untouchable players as far as I'm concerned. All right, cool. I'm going to keep mine really short because that was like, well, well thought out. I can clearly see you've been thinking about this yeah. for a while. And I mean, yeah, I mean, that's your team. So, you know, it's going to happen. One, I just think currently constructed, they're not good enough right. to win. I think their title window with Chris Paul at the helm is closed. Here's to go. I think right. I think this was their year. Um, I, I actually thought that we were looking towards a Suns and Bucks rematch. Obviously, the Bucks got hurt with Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to talk about them here, them here in a second. But I think the Suns window has closed. I don't think that. There's enough scoring when, you know, Devin Booker's not on the floor, obviously. And when Chris Paul can't facilitate like he normally does, like he had a terrible series. Like his first two games, he was really solid. And then after that, he, he kind of just, yeah, he kind of just fell off a cliff. Yeah. And Cliff Paul, mm-hmm. ironically. But yeah, so it's like what what they did, um, it, it was bad. Like what 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 they put on, the product they put out, it was bad. And it just shows the flaws that they have when he's not facilitating, when he's, you know, getting abused on defense and kind of just getting worn out. 
not gonna say abused. I'm not gonna take it to Pat Bev route. But I mean, I, I think he was just getting worn out by like they were targeting him on defense. And it started to get a little bad. I mean, I know he's getting up there in age, mm-hmm. and he can still facilitate. Like the guy just went fourteen and fourteen two weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah. it it I just think that they're gonna have to be, they're gonna have to make moves because all the other teams are gonna be better. I think the Warriors are gonna be better. The Nuggets are gonna be better. Um, I'm sure the Lakers are gonna make some off season moves. I don't I don't know if they'll be better than the Suns, but the Grizzlies are only going to get better. Like it's, it's going to be a lot harder and I don't see the Suns in this position. And I don't want to start looking at them as a regular season team, how people look at the jazz. Mm-hmm. But if you can't get over that hump and like in the postseason, you fold like this, you're going to get that type of look. So, yeah, I think the Suns, obviously, like you just said, the Suns currently constructed are a playoff team. No doubt. Yeah. They're a bucket, a guaranteed playoff team means nothing. Exactly. So, and we saw what happened in the in the Mavericks series is Chris Paul was not effective going to his left when they're trying to they literally they they purposely Jason Kidd you know he called this out great great game plan what they did was they took two and they rushed Devin Booker because clearly you weren't going to rush him with one person they took two they rushed Devin Booker that means he had, the ball had to be forced out of his hand it goes to then Chris Paul. Chris Paul has on him a, a lengthier defender who's going to make him go left. Chris Paul goes left. He's not a great passer from the left, and he's not a great shooter from the left. So you, that, that basically cuts Chris Paul out of the equation, and then on defense you're hunting him. Yep. Whoever has Chris Paul on them, go right at him or put him in the post and get him in foul trouble. Yep. So this is that was a game plan yeah, specifically from trouble, Jason Kidd. Yeah, and. This is why I did like what the Suns did because Monty did counter that in games um, five and six or four and five, I should say, four, five and six. And what he did was when he took Chris Paul off the game, he brought Landry Shaman in. He made Devin Booker and Landry Shaman interchangeable like two-way guards, basically, where any one of them could bring the ball off the court and set the offense up. But what happened was anytime Devin Booker got the ball and he brought the ball off the court, if they rushed him, Landry Shamit was that of the next guy. And then you have Mikel and then Jay Crowder and uh, DA. And in that lineup, Jay Crowder's not driving and attacking. He's not putting any pressure on the rim. DeAndre Ayton, he, he failed to create a window, a passing window in the paint for himself. Even when he had somebody like a Jalen Brunson or somebody smaller on him, he still struggled to get the, in that passing window. And then you had the Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit, I will say this. Landry Shamit was aggressive to the point where he put a little bit of pressure on the rim, and he also knocked down threes. And then, you you know, you had the Devin Booker who consistently has two being thrown at him. Like, Devin Booker up until game six was, you know, consistently getting 25, 28. You know, he's still getting his numbers, like his scoring numbers, but he just didn't have any help, which is why they lost three games. And... You couldn't catch up with the with the Mavericks scoring and shooting threes. Like they had a lot of guys just space, you know, they're spacing out and letting Luca ISO kick out. Like it was so hard to stop because what our centers, JaVel McGee, DA, and these guys, they want to consistently crash the rim when somebody's driving. And that what that let the Mavericks knew corner three every single time. And it was almost like the Rudy Gobert example we talked about a couple weeks ago, yep. which is a is like it's it's dedicated to yep. that. We know what they're gonna do. And if you're Monty Williams, James Jones, you guys know what you have to do this summer. 
you have to get better offensive productivity from somebody outside of Devin Booker. He's scoring all the points, basically. And this is this is a situation. Deon, if DeAndre Aiden is not going to be aggressive like you you're like you're trying to get him to do, move on. Chris Paul, you choke back to back years, bro. Back to back years, you you didn't do anything in the finals. Devin Booker carried us in the finals, and now you know you you choke against the Mavericks too, and you did nothing. You know I I don't know I don't know it's it's time to move on though. Hey man, Luca's a dog. Yeah. Like Luca was out there talking cash the whole series. I loved it. Yeah, and it's, I, I loved it. People like, bring like, up Luca, but Luca's the man. Luca's going to be Luca, right? He we we expected Luca to score thirty points. He's gonna play, but his it game. was everybody else that killed the Suns. I knew I knew Luca was different when he was backing down DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I knew right. Luca was different, and I knew DeAndre Ayton wasn't. Yeah, because you shouldn't be getting backed down by somebody smaller right. than you like that. Luca was backing him down and hitting him with post moves. I was like, yo, Luca's bag is literally incredible and he does such a good job at you know playing his game and yeah. playing his pace like the entire game he never lets anyone take him out of his pace so luke shout out to luca man shout out to the game plan that jason kidd had yep. a great great coach he had it coached up he knew what he was doing yeah he did he knew what he was doing and i'm looking forward to that series with the warriors mm-hmm. as they will be playing in the western conference finals who's going to be the best player in that series I mean, it's going to be Luka. Yep, um, I agree. I, th- I think he's the most physically imposing player in that, that series. Yep. But they're not winning. <laughs> I, yeah, think, I think I, the Warriors are winning that series. Yeah, I think the Warriors win, too. I think they win in six. Yeah. So, yeah, six. Maybe five. Maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it really depends. Luka's yeah. going to get you one game. Luka's going to get Luka's going to get you one game, but I definitely think the Warriors have a better defensive defensive game plan for what the Mavs and match, produce. Yeah, and the matchups are better ball. because it's small, yeah, smaller right. ball, so they can have those players out on right. the wings and defending because the Mavs big men aren't really dominating the right. inside. So Draymond Green's going to be able to handle his own. And then when you look at the players on the outside, do I want Dinwiddie and Brunson or do I want Clay and Jordan Poole? And Jordan Poole? <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's really a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think the series is going to be a solid series, but I got the Warriors winning that series. I think Luka will be the best on the floor. Yeah, I agree. And I think in order for them to win, like, kids going to have to come up with a, a crazy game plan because the whole team is shooters. Yeah. Except for Draymond Green, the whole team is shooters. So it's going to be very interesting to see what game plan he can come up with to slow down the Warriors because – Again, they play their game too. Look, the Warriors, this is a perfect matchup for them because yeah. they can do whatever they want to do now. Yep. Yep, they play their game too. Hence why I thought the Suns, if they would have got past the Mavs, they would have given the Warriors trouble. Yeah, they would have gave the Warriors trouble. So it's going to be an interesting one with Luka. Hoping that, you know, he comes and brings it. If he can make it a, a fun series, I'm all for it. Luka's the man. Like, and, and, and I feel like yeah. he only gets better with the trash talk. So. And it's funny we, we say that, right? Because. It's almost like I, I almost wish the the teams were reversed. Now I wish the I wish the Mavericks would have pay, played the Memphis Grizzlies and the Suns would have played the Warriors now because I think those are two better matchups than what was right because the the Memphis Grizzlies lost in five games, five, six, six games, games, six games, right? Six games. So you know I, I just you know we'll see what happens, but look, game, nobody took care of business. Yeah, period. Game, game of matchups, man. On to the Eastern Conference where we had. The Bucks running out of gas, man. Giannis did what he could. Yeah. He played hard, but the Celtics were just too much behind Williams, Tatum, Brown, Horford. Like they were booming. Middleton hurt. Middleton hurt. That and, hurt. Yeah, Middleton, Middleton hurt. Giannis. I still think Giannis is the best player in the world yeah. right now. But yeah, Middleton hurt. I feel like 
Boston's defense and physicality, and they definitely started clogging the paint, making it a little harder for him. And I think the role players just didn't step up for the Bucks. Let when me tell you something. Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton. Yeah. My guy. Bad. They were horrible. Great, great against the Bulls. Oh my God, they were horrible. <laughs> yeah, night and day. And Ime Adoka hunted them. Like night and day. <laughs> they couldn't guard anybody on the floor. Night That's how day. bad it was. Yeah. Nah, it was it was night and day. Like against the Bulls, they look great. Yeah. Uh, against a physical team, a bigger team, like a, a team with, you know, the the mental fortitude that the Celtics had, defensive team. Yeah, they they were they were really obsolete. And then we had the Heat, you know, blitzing the 76ers, getting hardened out the paint. Um, NB, NB playing great. Mm. NB still played great, obviously coming off an injury. Two injuries. But yeah, two, yeah, two injuries, essentially. And they just didn't make it, man. Does Harden deserve a max contract? Super max, excuse me. No. I'm not giving James Harden a super max contract. Somebody's going to do it. No, they're not. All right. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. I think James Somebody's going to do it. I think James Harden is getting paid, but I do not think they're going to give him a Supermax contract. Well, yeah, only the Sixers can actually get the right. Supermax. The, only another team will give him the Max. I think the Sixers are going to do it because I feel like they've kind of put all their cards out on one table. I think that they put themselves in a situation where, regardless of how he kind of played, they, they have no choice. They they bet the house on him. So it's it would look weird not to give him the money that you bet on. Well, so I, I feel like... Yeah. I feel like you know, regardless if I think he deserves it right now, because I don't think he played necessarily great at all. <laughs> and I do think, you know, maybe he has lost a step. Granted, I think that he's still a little hurt from the hamstring. But in the situation that the Sixers are in, they gave up everything for him. You went all in to get him. I feel like you would look a little wild if you actually didn't give him the Superman. I just think it would be a bad look. On Daryl Morey in general, uh, I don't think it would be a bad move not to give him a supermax. I mean, you can st- you're still going to give him a contract extension, but it's just not going to be a supermax. But I will say this, right? Something that gives me cause to pause is something that James Harden said in their their press conference was, you know, he wants he wants the team to do whatever they have to do to make them better. Which means I if think he's willing to take a if he's willing to right. take less to improve. I think that James we'll Harden see. will take less than the supermax we'll for, so they can add more pieces around him and Embiid to make them a true contender, right? Because I just, I don't see James Harden at his age and the way he performed trying to demand anything at the table with a Dora Moore, with a Daryl Moore who he loves and respects, right? Yeah, maybe that's a little humility right there. I don't think, I don't think, first off, I don't think he's going to go at Daryl Moore like that. I think that they have a special relationship to where they're going to have a conversation and say, look, if you take a little bit less, we can provide these pieces for you, A, B, and C, right? I think ultimately Tobias Harris gets shipped out and I think they'll make another move to try to put another star in there. We're going to see what happens. Yeah, no, nah, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if Harden took the Supermax. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for people getting their money. And James Harden, even the thing now is the James Harden, that we, his ex- expectations are so high that the way he played wasn't bad. It just wasn't what we expected. If he's still averaging 28-9, that's great numbers. That That's really uh, great well, he numbers. Only, he only averaged 22, but – yeah. Um, he, I, yeah, I, th- I said twenty, so yeah. two more points. Like, I think. I, well, you said twenty-eight. No, I said no. I said twenty-eight. Oh, twenty. Oh, twenty-eight. 28 and oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, twenty-eight and nine. I think that. I think that James Harden. I mean, those numbers sound good, but no, per, they're they're good. Yeah, but those they are sound, good. They numbers. sound good, but when you watch the game. It's a different story, right? And I feel like when you're looking at James it's Harden, not, it's in totality, not. It's not the Harden that we expected. Well, I mean, it's just. For me, it's it's the simple stuff, right? Like, 
taking care of the basketball. Yeah, for one. Turnovers in the postseason were bad. I mean, not and even he, in the was, postseason. And he wasn't, it was a regular and he wasn't even shooting the ball in the postseason. That, like, you can't have two shot attempts in a game. I've, you I'm, can't I'm, do that. I'm going to be honest, right? Like, seeing James Harden turn the ball over as much as he did, A, in the regular season, and B, in the postseason. Alarming. It was something that you, you're not expecting, right? right. Like, and even in situations when they're in the pick and roll, which is a something he dominates usually yeah, as a pick and roll. And or a pick and pop with him be, you know, also he should be able to dominate that, you know, that that, you know, basically cutting the court in half in that situation and creating space. And he just turned the ball over at an alarming rate. And I don't know what was the cause of that, but for me. I don't care if you have 20 points and eight assists if you're turning the ball over 10 times a game. Like, yeah. that doesn't matter to me. Yeah. So, because you're, you're, that's, I mean, 10 points on the, like, that's 10 turnovers. How many points did you give up? Yeah. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I, I'm looking at James Harden and the numbers, maybe they, you know, they average out pretty nicely. But if you watch the game and see how he's performing on the court, it just tells a different story. And I, if you're, if you're, Doc Rivers and, and Daryl Morey, look, James Harden is not young, right? He's 32. I think he's going to be 33 soon. And you put your chips in, the, in you know, you you gave up you a went lot all for in. him. You went all in. You, including first-round picks you, and, and you some depth. all in. And, you know, you're in a situation now where you are kind of stuck with James Harden. However, because of the relationship between him and Daryl Moore, that's why I said I don't think he's going to get the Supermax. I think that James Harden will take less, and I think that's going to allow them to do some stuff to improve that basketball team in the long run. But I am I am really concerned about James Harden, specifically James Harden being able to elevate in the postseason and taking care of the basketball should be his number one priority, and getting in shape should be another priority. Because he looks like he's out of shape. He looks like he, like, it's just, he's not ready. sloppy. He wasn't game ready yeah. at any point in time in this season, yeah. which is extremely alarming for a basketball player. Yeah. Like, I think he has to improve his conditioning. I'm sticking to the fact that I think that he was a little banged up from the hamstring injury. I think that was a lingering thing. And I think that next season he will come out and he will show more flashes of the the James Harden that we expect. He's not going to be that player consistently because I don't think he can be consistently mm-hmm. that guy anymore. He has a new role, and Embiid even said it. But I think he can get, you know, his numbers up. He can get in shape. Hopefully he can get healthy, and I think that he'll have a little bit more explosiveness to him and be able to, you know, get by defenders a little easier than cut he was. Cut down on turnovers. And, he has yeah, to. And, cut, and cut down on his turnovers. I do think he will, you know, improve. But I don't want to take away – from what Miami did to them. Yeah. Miami dominated them. Yep. Like Miami had them in a straight jacket the entire series for the most part. And Jimmy Butler has been, to me, probably the best player in the playoffs. Most That's, consistent for sure. The, like, yeah, probably the best player in the playoffs. Like he's been unbelievable every game. With yep. that being said, who's winning this series? Man. Um, I got Boston in six. In six. Interesting. I have Boston in six. Who wins the night? I think I got the Heat winning tonight. I think without Marcus Smart, if he, I don't know if he's playing or not, I think he's still questionable. If Marcus Smart is not playing, I will pick Miami tonight. I got the Heat. Um, I I think I have Boston winning this in seven. I have the. I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat win though this series. That's a, that's I, a Miami I, tonight, right? 
Yeah, it's okay. in Miami. Yeah. I, I think people are still underestimating this Heat team. I think right now Boston is the clear-cut favorite, and to me they shouldn't be. I'm going to tell you why. The Heat are really, yeah. really good as a team. Right. I'm going to tell you why, right? Like, I will say this about Miami. They have the culture, right? They do have the culture. They're special defenders. They're able to match up with anybody. Spo is a great coach. Uh, yeah, the, he The is. coach. He's, he's not even a great coach. Yeah. He's the coach. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he's the coach. I need... In order to beat Boston, because you know Ime Doka is going to have something for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, somebody else is going to have to step up. Somebody else has to fill that void. Yep. And to me, that person is one Tyler Hero. Yep. And if Tyler Hero has off games or inconsistent games where he can't score the basketball or he's turning the ball over at alarming rate or what have you, they're in trouble. I think Bam is going to have to step up big time. Without question. I think Bam is going to have to average Without around question. 18 to 20. Because if Bam can't dominate Al Horford and Robert Williams. Yeah. Like, what are we talking yeah, about? I, yeah. Like I think yeah, I think Bam is gonna have to have a really big game. This is gonna be a real defensive battle. I think that the Heat will have something. They'll be throwing multiple bodies on Tatum. Yeah. And they have the and bodies. Brown they, too. Yeah, they have the bodies for both of them. Yeah. Like they they have a you know a team full of defenders. And I think Butler's just gonna Butler's like he just plays so hard. Mm-hmm. Like he might not be the most talented or most talked about, but Butler plays so so hard. Like Butler's really an amazing player, and I think that he's really going to rise, you know, in this occasion. I just feel like the Celtics, ultimately with Tatum and Brown, I feel like they just have, you know, yeah, I mean, not even too much. I just think they have two stars, whereas Miami kind of has like one and a half. And I'm going to say, like, I I feel like, you know, if we're going to give them like grades or whatever, I feel like both of them equally jutted out on defense. We can agree on that. Yep. Offensively, to me, it's Celtics. Like, you have two two-way wings. Yep. They can they're three-level scorers. They can defend the rock. Like they're they're just these are guys will go at you. Miami outside of Jimmy Butler, you can tell me who's getting buckets. Yeah, I mean, I that's why that's why I'm saying I think it's a Bam, I, yeah, I think Bam's gonna have to have a huge like a huge series. Yeah, I think Tyler Hero's gonna have to have a great series too. Miami's really good at creating opportunities, especially off the break. They're they're a really good team off the break. Not as much. You know, in half court, mm-hmm. which is where the Celtics have thrived yeah. in half court. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how the game paces. I think if if Miami can keep the pace up, I think that they can have a real shot at winning the series. But if Boston can slow things yeah. down on, you know, on, on offense and kind of make Miami play to their pace. And, and in the half court, I don't think they're as good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they're as good because in the half court, I think it's more of Butler kind of creating for the rest yep. of the team. <laughs> yeah, whereas... Against the Celtics, they're gonna they don't have to really double team him. Right. They can if they want to, but they have big enough bodies to right. handle and you know stay with them. So it's it's gonna be really interesting. It's and gonna be an interesting series. How much you want to bet that Spo is gonna throw some matchup zone in there? Guaranteed, sure. guaranteed. Spo is gonna throw some matchup zone in there. What sure. question? I'm sure. I mean, no, it's gonna be a greatly greatly coached battle. Mm. I think Spo definitely has the advantage. Obviously, yeah. I just think that when it comes down to it. Two two-way players, Tatum and Brown, right. I think it, it it might be just enough. Just enough. And it's funny because, like, looking at this Celtics team, we were talking about blowing it up, like, just a year ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, just, a year like, ago. yeah, yeah, yeah just right. like a year or two ago, like, they need to blow it up. And now look at them. They just matured, and Jason Tatum's really, like, ascended. Like, he's taking his game to the next level. So, to me, I mean, and I all respect to the Warriors and, like, the Mavericks and everything like that, to me, 
the most complete team right now is the Boston Celtics. Just because defensively, they're the best defensive team already still in the, in the postseason. And to me, they're the only team left in the postseason that has two two-way wings that can dominate the game at any point in time. I think Jalen Brown was averaging like 27 a game against the Bucks, right? Like, you know, Drew Holiday against, you know, people like that, right? Like, I, I just feel like with Tatum, you know, he's scoring back-to-back, you know, 40-point games. Yeah. Like, Jalen Brown being able to put the ball in the rim. Marcus Smart shooting the ball really well from three. And then you got Williams going crazy from three. Al Horford had a thirty-point game. Like these, and you can't count on those. I'm not gonna look but, at. I'm not gonna look at the three pointers as much against the Bucks because the Bucks give up the most three pointers yeah. in the league. Like they, that's been their crutch. Like that's been what's been holding. Well, excuse me, that's been what's been holding them back for years. Like like Bud doesn't really make adjustments to the three. Like they give up so many yeah. threes. Like to all teams, like mm. everybody has their best three point shooting games against the Bucks, yeah. Because they never get out there to protect the wings. It's right. it's crazy, and I think that's something that they'll actually address in the off season as well and Another get them. Wing a, yeah, and I like I think losing PJ Tucker is Hurts. very very evident. Yeah, it's very very evident. So you have the Celtics in six, six. Mm-hmm. and you have the Warriors in five. Let's do six. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, give me yeah, give me Warriors in six, give me Celtics in seven. So we're all we're on a clash for Warriors Celtics finals, mm-hmm. which will still be fireworks. Wait, without question. We're still Jason be Tatum, Steph Curry, like <laughs> fireworks. Yeah. But that's all I got, man. Some quick takes before we get out of here. I want to say, you know, prayers and condolences to all those who were victims over the weekend, over yeah. the mass shootings all over. It's insane. Yeah, all over. I think it was like three or four different yeah. shootings and one hit literally home, mm-hmm. Winston Salem. Which is where I'm from, mm-hmm. so that yeah, that was pretty pretty wild. Um, people are wilding out here, so you just got to make sure you're safe, and make sure you know your surroundings. And obviously, you you can't really expect that to happen, but yeah. just pray for just pray for those who need it, man. Pray for those who need the mental help, and just pray for all those families involved. And that that's really all I got on that. Want to thank everyone for listening. Thank everyone for tuning in. Remember, Black Lives Matter. They always matter, and they will forever matter. Best believe that <laughs> COVID. It's getting hot again. Yeah. Like COVID cases are actually going up. This is actually a thing now. Yep. So guys, um, I know you don't want to wear your mask because it's hot outside. Your breath gonna stink. Whatever it is, you need to wear your mask. You need to make sure you need to make sure if you haven't vac- been vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't want to, I mean, at this point, I can't convince you yeah. clearly. But you know, I mean, just do whatever you think is best for you, and do whatever you think is best for others as well, because people aren't taking into account other people's self and like. Yeah, like we see the numbers going up again. So, guys, let's not be nasty out here. Right. Guys, going back to the shootings in this weekend, everybody just be protected, man. Like, check on your folks. You know, being safe, you know, knowing your surroundings, have awareness on where you're at. Um, you need to be aware of all situations like this. And, you know, prayers go out to all the families that are affected and everything. Um, but on the lighter note, guys, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the other streaming platforms you listen to us on, we just want to say thank you. Yes, we appreciate it. And before I get out of here, I just wanted to mention that Pat Bev got on ESPN and called Chris Paul a cone on defense. <laughs> and I take offense to that. Like, my man is not a cone. Like, like relax. <laughs> like, I get it. They, they, they definitely have that weird 
um, relationship. relationship with each other. Like last time I checked, Pat Bev shoved Chris Paul in the back after Chris Paul yeah. got forty one. Yeah, head. I was like, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I get it, intense. But call my man a cone, <laughs> like yeah, like saying he food. Like relax, guys. All right, I'm out of here. Yep. Really solid, it ain't no debate. No way, ain't no escape. Big dog eating off the plate. Cool breeze, mops with the same. Flexed up now, John Cena. Racked up more than Serena. Wife a baddie looking like Nia. More drip, more than a leader. I'm at the wood, I said I would get. No mediocre, I'm feeling like Tip. Sound like to me, we got us a hit. They can't even drip line. So savvy is a swag daddy. Red eye flights out to Cali. Holding bags, looking like a caddy. Penthouse vibes, no Addy. This is the wave to give them the feeling. Rappers be capping, no, I don't feel you. Feel like the man when I walk through the building. Too many scars and spiritual healing. I got a million dreams. I got a million schemes. We going crazy, we going crazy. We got the winning team.